Good morning, class. Can everyone make sure that their PDPs are completed by the end of the term? Hello and welcome to the first edition of Teacher Leaks, the show that dares to tell it how it is. We are going to try in this podcast to lift the curtain, the veil on teaching and what people don't want to talk about, what maybe the bureaucracy doesn't want us to talk about. So we are going to cover many topics over this series, but to start with, I'm going to introduce you to the people who make up Teacher Leaks. <laughs> on my on my left, which you of course can't see, I have the man himself, Ralph Lonsdale. G'day, Ralph. How are you going? Good, thanks, um, Freddie. Uh, I've been waiting a long time to be a part of this inaugural podcast. I'm, I'm glad it's finally uh, managed to get up and it's happening. So I've got a lot to say about the current state of teaching. So uh, you've been uh, holding yourself in here uh, for a long time, mate. I've, you've been dragged I'm to the ready table to burst. kicking. I'm actually ready you're to burst. burst. You're so at that point. I got a lot to say, mate. Yeah. So, yeah. Look, we think we think there is a need out there in the market, and that's why we're here. We think there's mm. been um, right. pent up frustration in the uh, the fraternity of, yeah. of teachers, and we've been we've been held down. We've been oppressed too long. I think, uh, <laughs> Ralph, don't you? It's a perfect word, oppressed. I feel highly oppressed. So <laughs> I'm oppressed and depressed. So yes, let's get a get a move on. And we we are, we are we are going to bring in guests on a weekly basis, and um, we've brought in one of the legends of teaching, still mm. still in a part time casual right. capacity. I'm not too sure where, but we we have. We have Kay Alamain with us today, and Kay's been around for a long time. Kay, how you been? Great, and thanks for inviting me, Fred. Um, I w- think I'm the, one of the lucky ones that was in the era of teaching where it was so much fun. Teachers couldn't wait to get to school, to have fun and learn and work with the children, and I'm very demoralised now of the system. What you, have, you have been an ardent critic of where, it, where education is and where it's heading. And look, we don't mean to put down the great work that's happening in schools, but we just want to vent a little bit on where we think things might be going a little bit astray. So our theme for today, ladies and gentlemen, are changes. So changes in education. Changes. A bit of David Bowie changes, and we're back into it. So we are going to start with changes, and we are going to talk about today parents, parents out there, and any of you are parents. I'm a parent. Ralph's a parent. Yeah, I'm a parent. Yeah. Kay's a parent. But look, the standard of parenting skills today, mm. uh, from our perspective, um, Kay. Well, I think it's really the children that are the parents these days. A lot of times they're leading the shows, they're calling the shots, and the parents are 
doing what they want, what the children I reckon want. You, I reckon you've hit it on the head. It is unbelievable where we sit today with parents. I mean, I take a typical week in uh, my place of employment, uh, Ralph, and um, there is just no accountability these days. It's just student, student kids can do no wrong. Um, I agree 100%. I think it's something that's perpetuated by a number of... Um, people, uh, parent, not just parents. And everyone's out there screaming and going around, looked at the parents, you know, what's going on in society and, you know, they're watching too much stuff on TV and whatever. But at the end of the day, does anyone have to take account for their own actions? Do parents enable this type of behaviour? That is my question, Kay. What, what do you reckon? Do they enable the act? I think the, the parents today see their children as just so ultra-precious that everything they do is just perfect and wonderful and therefore the children are just used to instant gratification. They don't have to work for anything. They're fantastic. Go back to the days of sport when we all played played our games and that and one person would come out with the best and fairest. Then it suddenly changed to every child gets a mm. medal so that one yeah. little child doesn't feel left out. This is just life. Some people succeed in some areas, some don't in other areas. So you want to, you want to scrap the well done ribbon? Yes, the well done ribbon. Get rid of the well done. done I actually agree with that. Like, yeah. What's the point of save, it? Save, save, save a few phys ed teachers' budgets, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah. Well, it's probably twenty five percent of your budget, isn't it? First, second, third, and well done. Those like, well done ribbons are pretty expensive. Yeah. Though, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's the point of it though? The well done. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna. I'll, I'll play devil's advocate. They, yeah. Everyone wants to feel valued and that they've participated. This is the problem. But let, me, let me tell you, like, uh, an alternative point of view, the child that um, hasn't won the first, second or third ribbon, um, but they get the well-done ribbon, if you took the well-done ribbon away, wouldn't it give them more incentive to actually work hard and get into the first, second or third place ribbon and then they would actually have a greater sense of achievement that they've managed to do that? But I just sort of think not every child has to be a winner all the time and a child has to grow up knowing that mm. they're not going to be rewarded for everything that they compete in or want to do. So what It's you giving say- them a false sense well, of... You're, what you're saying is um, um, you're, you think they need to learn how to lose. Yes, because lose you, gracefully. It, because when they, be, obviously, um, when they become adults and they get into the real world, they're not going to be winners no. every single... Day, every we're, day. we're setting them up for failure oh, in the track, and 100%. they're not going to cope. We're, we're, they're going to lose resilience yeah. and the fight and the dedication to yeah. keep going at something because they're not getting instantly rewarded. Yeah. Well, what about I had I had uh, the case of a, a colleague who's who was running a sports event uh, not too long ago, and the parent uh, the parent came up to complain that the child it was a standardised event. So they got a point for every distance they scored. So everyone got a score and she hadn't won the, the event. So the parent thought the child should have won the event and um, basically cracked the sads that they hadn't, hadn't won and virtually demanded a retrial of the event. And this is, no, this, is, this is where we're at. So what you're saying is the child competed. Yep. Lost the event. Yep. Well, didn't win the event. So, so they they didn't win. Yep. And then the parent has demanded that the the event is rerun. Yep. With the view that, or they they're hoping that the child would 
win on the second chance. Yeah, yeah. There, there was a technical So anomaly. what did the PE teacher say? Did the PE teacher tell him to fuck off? Well, Because, <laughs> like, in all seriousness, like... Well, this is a problem. Are we going to have, um, you know, the Greater Western Sydney Giants that lost the grand final? Do, do they get a do-over? I think uh, Mr. Green. Are might. they going oh, to? Uh, <laughs> well, you know, he might go around and um, headbutt a few people no, down at the AFL on, get, get, and, and, get, demand uh, a, and demand mate, a, a remake. Well, what's do, the difference, though? Look, I I, I agree with you. I, I think uh, I don't think the uh, PE teacher told them to fuck off, but probably thought it. <laughs> Well, there we go. There's a topic. Ken. What 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 uh, what teachers would really like to say to parents? Yeah, well, <laughs> What's that is, really going through a teacher's well, mind? Well, hey, well, that is another topic. But let's stick with this one for a second because I think the audacity of a parent to come up and but this, a um, demand a um, rerun of the event and then b to question the teacher. And the way they've conducted the event, because that's really what they're doing, isn't it? They're saying we don't think it was a fair event and we want it rerun, right? And you're calling into almost the question the professionalism of that teacher and, and the way they've run the event. The, what gives the parent the right to do that? What gives them? Um, well, well, this is exactly the point of this topic, uh, Ralph. That we have parents now oh. who who want to go and fight the battles for for uh, their mm. child, and then they wonder down the track why. Why the parent, why the why the kid basically See, doesn't doesn't do what's what's backed, and in this situation, the one I'm talking about, yeah. really that that call by the teacher to tell the parent to fuck off really came down to an assessment: would leadership back him up in that? Not if he used that, that language. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, let's say the intent: I, fuck off. <laughs> just well, at the end of the day, um, I, I just feel like sometimes these parents, um, you might not say in those exact words but I think some of these parents do need to be told in obviously a more polite way to fuck off because they've got no right to come and um, demand that that event is rerun that that child lost the event yeah well it, it's funny you know, I was talking to someone you know very well Kay um, on the weekend down from Queensland and um, working in secondary education now in welfare etc and they were saying they're dealing with all these mental health issues and the parents basically now coming to her at secondary school level saying, mm. what can we do? You know, they, I tell them to do something and they walk past me and tell me to fuck off. My child actually tells me that I've got no control over them. And she said, the horse has bolted. You know, 10 years ago, what do you mean? you've gone up and this is exactly what we're talking about. You've gone and fought their battles, done whatever. The child's never had to learn a consequence, and they've got now, no and, resilience. And then bang, it's this is where we are. Well, that comes down to the parenting, though. Well, yeah, that, that's exactly. what you're saying, right? Exactly. So I mean, like we um, need we need car, bring in, bring in castration. <laughs> I think we can roll it out. The thing is, Fred, like um, if you want to get a a dog, you've got to go and um, um, get it registered properly, and the hoops you've got to jump through to get. A dog these days are unbelievable, but anyone can have a kid, and anyone can raise the kid any way they want. Oh well, to a degree. Hence, I mean, hence you support my castration theory. Well, I do. <laughs> I reckon maybe you need a license before you can have a kid. Well, I think that would be uh, supported by most teachers out there, wouldn't it? Well, I'm sure. Because at the end of the day, who gets blamed? Well, teachers get blamed for everything. We get blamed. We get blamed for shit, shit parenting. That's, right. That's as far as I'm concerned. We, we, teachers get blamed for shit parenting. Mm. 
some of these people out there should not be parents. Let's face it. There's a lot, well, and the and the okay. Would you agree with this that the the percentage is increasing of parent people with shit parenting skills? There used to be schools you'd go to, and I've spoken to you about this, okay, on the sidelines, um, which would be renowned schools with shit parents. Yeah, but I think there's a discrepancy. There's, there's now two it's everywhere. There's two different types of parents because in in the days we're talking about, the bad parenting came from parents that didn't know any better. To me now, the bad parentings are coming from the more affluent parents. That affluent or effluent? Affluent, as Kim would say. <laughs> that. <laughs> are teaching their children that they have the rights to do everything and they have the rights to know mm. and have what they want and they are overprotective parents and, and one could argue that they are fantastic parents but in this day and age they are the snowplough parents that are paving the way mm. for their child to not make any mistakes. You don't, lo- yeah. you don't climb trees the because you might parent. fall down. Yeah. Yeah. Or the helicopter parents, or whatever. It's basically, to me, these days, it's Mm. the entitled children that are giving the parents a bad name, a bad parenting skills. It's it's very interesting you say that because the school that I currently work in, I wouldn't say it was. um, You're a teacher, mate. I thought you were just a gardener. I've got the wrong bloke here. Oh, (laughs) no, I'm actually a a teacher, so um, we can send the gardener in if you want. (laughs) (laughs) Probably gets paid more than you. I wouldn't doubt that. Um, What was I saying? the school that I um, work in at the moment, I wouldn't say it was very, um, or the area was very affluent. We have um, a lot of families that are well-to-do or anything like that. I think it's probably the opposite. And um, I think some of the um, behaviours that students and the parents show at my school are disgusting. So I don't Mm. think it's necessarily something that's um, exclusive of um, one group of people or community I think it's all over the place I, I agree it is all over the place but in in some schools um, a, a teacher cannot question mm. what a child is doing without the parent then coming up the next day and to the principal question well, can I, I'll, I'll tell you a little story it's not really a funny story but it sort of makes that point there was a student in my class a couple of years ago um, he belted a kid in class um, I saw it happen and obviously he was punished for that. And then I went and spoke to the um, mother after school um, about what had happened. And he sort of beat me to it. He ran out the door crying to his mum and sort of got his story in before I could get um, in what I wanted to the say. The truth. <laughs> and then she came marching in and um, um, basically said that he didn't do it and um, it was wrong that he was punished. And I said, well, as the adult in the room, this is what I saw and um, this is what happened. And I said that a number of times, but she refused to accept that. And I was very disillusioned about, um, you know, the fact that he was punished for what he did. So I I think you've hit it on the head there. We're talking about, to me, the quintessential difference between old time to to current is that if you went home and you said, I did this, Hmm. and I was speaking to someone on the weekend who, who, who was from the... Younger parent, but said yeah. he, he followed those old time principles that you would side with the teacher, yeah. and you would you, you would um, mm. cop the cop the punishment. But now it's what did you do wrong as That's the right. teacher? 
right. and the child now is this expert in playing wedge politics. Mm. They know yeah. all they have to do is dispute, <laughs> yeah. and you're in trouble. That's like right. you know, having well, to clean up, uh, having uh, to clean up a kid's turd that shat in a shed on a weekend. You know, who well, did basically, that? Who's well, done that? Well, <laughs> I'm sure a teacher is somewhere along the line. Well, basically, <laughs> you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't it be I you, Fred? Would that, it? I might edit that one. It out. wouldn't be you, Fred, would it? <laughs> but basically, you're saying that the kids now are manipulating the system. Yes. They, yes. They're, they're, they're smart enough and well, they're, they're taking the piss. How did it get to that Taken. point? How did it get to the point where the students, like, we're talking like not teenagers, because I work in a um, school, a primary school, and, um, you know, the, the incident that I just. Um, brought up the student was probably about nine so how we got to the point where a nine-year-old knows how to play the system and knows how to play adults off against each other what has enabled that how have they got the knowledge to even do that and the only thing you can come back to is really um the parents but obviously that parent um something's happened to them at some point where they think it's okay to raise their children in that manner like I don't understand how we've actually got to this point. We've got to this point because they're now no longer, the child has no consequences. But how how do we get there though? Like, how how did this parent think it was okay to walk in and say to the teacher, my child didn't do that, why are they punished? What's happened to that person where they think no consequences are? I I reckon it's been an evolutionary process. Mm. I think back to my old man. I can remember this distinctly, watching one of the countdown clips or something like that You're coming in <laughs> and I even remember the song it was um, La Belle uh, doing I can't name the song but I remember the band mm. he said they were all all the girls had you know halter neck type things and he goes that's disgusting turn that off that's that's, that's rubbish I'm not going to allow you to watch that and each year I feel each generation I feel that yeah. limbo bar of standards gets lower and lower and lower so that now we've got kids who who have ready, ready, ready access to iPads, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. They, they know what porn, you know, they've seen porn, they've heard language that is inappropriate, age-appropriate. Right. They're being exposed to so many things now. And the par- most parents wouldn't even freaking know what they're looking at because your standard default babysitter is the iPad in the pub chucking yeah. the iPad. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. whatever you're looking at, whatever you're doing, that's yeah. fine. So all these kids now... Uh, many adults that have been exposed to adult themes and concepts way ahead of when we were exposed to them. And haven't got the nath and the knowledge and the common sense to process it all. Well, they must to some extent if they're manipulating a teacher, they're knowing how to... How to... Well, that's no, the thing like know... that. Go on. Go on. <coughs> they're manipulating the teachers and taking the piss because they know that they can get to do the good fun things if they just arc up. There's no consequences. There's no punishments. There's no. Oh, you've hit it on that. You, well, you know, that, that is a that is <laughs> this so is a can of worms. A, in, in schools, thing, discipline like, policy. Maybe you're right because um, I'll give you an example. Another story. It's not a funny story. I took some kids to swimming lessons a couple of years ago, and um, one of the students there was abusing like uh, elderly people in the change room, um, really ripping into them. And um, I came back, wrote a report about it, put it on the network and said that this particular student should not be attending um, swimming lessons anymore because of the damage that caused the reputation and the distress to the elderly people um, at the swimming pool. And what happened? The kid was at swimming the next day. Mm -hmm. And... 
there was basically zero consequences so, for that so, particular student. And so I, why, do, why do principals, why are principals reluctant? Because, um, well, the, the, Kay, you've been, probably been out of the, the system a little while. Why are principals now reluctant to back up teachers and that and come down well, hard on those, those students? Just before Kay jumps in, I'll just finish the story that the, the parent of this particular student was a very difficult parent to deal with. And yeah. I think that the leader at the time was really reluctant to um, create a drama create a drama and um, because they really feared this particular parent exploding and um, you know making the situation for, for fear of violence or for fear of uh, it could I think with that particular person it could have got to that point so do you reckon and, it's a fair enough fear um, well I, in a way I feel like um, maybe the principals have had um, their hands tied a little bit where they can't actually say to the student you can't come to our school or for a certain amount of time like the hoops they've got to jump through to suspend a student these days as far as i know um they're quite difficult so they've a lot of the tools that a principal's had um to deal with these students have been taken off them but however i still don't understand why the principal let them go to swimming the next day like they could have come to school still so can i can i pose a hypothesis to you that at the end of the day, everything we're talking about here is being pushed down from the top, from the very top, due to fear of um, litigation. I think that's a big part of it. Um, you know, um, fear, of, of, fear of equal access, fear of whatever, fear of discrimination, accusations of. Yeah, I, I think that you live in a day and age where um, that sort of action's taken more frequently than it probably has been in the past. So can I take one step further and go, until a government grows the balls mm. to say enough's enough, we're going to be mm. living under the same no, you're going paradigm. To be living under that paradigm for a long time, I think, because I think we've reached a point where it's going to be very hard to wind it back now. But I don't think we've got to that point in a long way. It's going to get, I believe, a lot, lot worse before it gets better. Mm. Well, that... Something's going to have to give. That, K is a great lead-in to our first segment in educational initiatives. By 1990, no Australian child will be living in poverty. What has been an educational initiative that has fallen by the wayside uh, in the past that you thought had come out with great fanfare and what's been an educational initiative that you think where things are heading, what may occur in the future? Um, those that have been around a while have seen lots of things come and go from the ministry in the past and um, things we thought were pretty sceptical and some have stuck and a lot haven't and we thought as a bit of fun we might take ones and look um, listeners out there if you've got uh, you've got any that you might think of where it's going you can send them into us when we decide where, we, where you're going to send them to that'd I was going to say where are they actually sending them <laughs> uh, care of Ralph Lonsdale's house uh, the bluff okay now I'm going to start with you Ralph because um, what's 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 a, a past initiative that you think, you know, it's come with great fanfare and um, bit the dust pretty fast? Oh, well, the most obvious one that I could think of would be um, the Ultranet. And this is obviously Victorian-based. Uh, it, it is. Um, DEET in Victoria um, came up with the Ultranet a number of years ago and uh, it was supposed to be the next... Next big um, thing. The next big thing, uh, the next online... Um, tool to use in schools. And we all thought it was crap at the time, didn't we? 
it was clunky, it was oh. whatever, and then we find out that a lot of palms have been greased along the way as well. Well, you know, you're right about the clunkiness. It was a poorly written computer program or computer software. And Quite then a guy in a then, garage, I heard, out in Darwin somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> He's working out of his garage, wasn't surprise he? me. And, you know, I'm not surprised about um, what eventually happened with it or what came out. Um, you know, people at the ministry having, I think it was personal stakes in that particular company and warning the tender to themselves almost. So, But you've got to jump 25 hoops to get a sick day, mate. That's right. <laughs> that's right. So, you know, when, when um, people above you... Um, show that sort of leadership, they really lose all sort of credibility um, yeah. within a school. You can't really take them seriously right, with what they're actually trying to say because ultimately they've shown they're only in it for themselves. Yeah, well, that, and, that, and that was the classic. What we had the whole state with the day off and the whole thing crashed and uh, everyone sat around looking at each oh, other. That, that's actually, I actually <laughs> forgot about that. That, that so-called training day that training no day? training happened. <laughs> Got 50,000 teachers sitting around looking at a dead computer screen. <laughs> <laughs> that has to go down. No, it's a classic. Like, like, there was a guy you, in the garage, mate, up and down. Uh, he couldn't you pedal go, fast Can enough. you go 50,000 times eight hours, and that'll tell you how much productivity was lost for that particular day, how many hours of productivity was lost? What did the Productivity Commission so, come out with on that one? So, you know, yeah, it was, give us the data from the Productivity Commission. Just a complete joke. Anyway, I like that future one, mate. What's your future one? Because I reckon this is a great one. Where, so mm. that, that was one initiative. What do you reckon the next big initiative from well, the, uh, the ministry you, will be? You actually... Um, you know that I'm a bit of a conservative for so oh, Donald Trump holds nothing on you, mate. I just, wrote, I just watched the Steve Bannon doco on the weekend. I thought of you immediately. Right wing. Uh, no, no, look, don't go too far. But what I'm, what I'm saying is, I'm not, um, I'm not too um, happy with the way society's gone in general in terms of political correctness. So I think it's gone a little bit too far, and I can see one day. Uh, the Department of Education actually um, coming out with uh, an initiative, um, you know, where they'll say something stupid like, um, we're going to stop using gender um, pronouns within schools and we're going to switch to gender neutral pronouns. And I can see that happening at some point, so and no, his, no, her. That's right. You what do we do on the reports? We won't have the stick and paste. You walk in to uh, say, G'day, guys, re- ready for a big day. Oh, can't say guys because that's, you know, relating <laughs> to males or something. Like, it's just a stupid, stupid thought. Right, so but in this, in this day and age, it, it almost, you almost look at that and go, could that actually it's happen? It's probably on the cards. You know, what, are, what are they going to call it, mate? They've got to brand it with something. Oh, fucking, I don't know. But <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not sure what they what you would brand that. But um, it, it's just gender an Gender neutral learning. It's just an extension. Gender neutral learning. But, <laughs> no, yeah. no, they've got to give it an acronym. GNL. So, GNL. <laughs> GNL. Right? <laughs> it's, I know, it sounds stupid, I know, but like, you can see oh, the you can see the pamphlets now, you know, mate. Because GNL. Because one day some. Um, Have you done your GNL planning? One one, <laughs> one transsexual or something is going to come and complain that you know they were they were referred to as a woman rather than a man or some shit, and then they'll be like. And, and if you want Ralph Lonsdale's address again for all those people in our BJQ community, it was five. <laughs> Pleasant way, uh, the bluff. Oh. Hey, I've got one for you. This is this is my bugbearer for past one. It's a recent past one. Is Basto, <laughs> Basto, 
someone's making a shitload of money out there. Someone, I don't know who's come along with Basto. I don't know who Mr. Now, Basto K, K, is. K, yeah, I want to know. Who's Mr. I, Basto? I love to meet him. One of my mates, actually, the other day, I go, what are you doing? So she goes, she goes I'm working for Basto. I go, you're right. joking. Right. Goes, yeah, Inform the, me. Well, it's... Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Ralph might be best one to uh, inform <laughs> no. me on Basto because I've done none of it. It's it's supposed to it's supposed to improve your leadership skills and uh, you go along and do these Basto courses mm. and what they do basically, Kay, is pull out any nuff nuff who wants to do it and uh, you go along and suddenly you're a leader and and I think this is part of the reason we've got problem with with a, a, aspiring leaders who shouldn't even be there coming through. But I don't know. I don't know, but everyone's got to have done Basto in some way, shape, or form. But uh, compulsory. Oh, it's not compulsory, but uh, uh, well, that, <laughs> well, yeah. So some know, of it, <laughs> you might not have had to experience Basto, but I've had to experience Basto. You've been Basto with an inch of your life. I've been Bastoed, and it's a horrible thing. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have welts? Like, I, I tell you, you know, I'm sure that Basto has got some <laughs> courses that are. Beneficial, but I think a lot of it's just a load of shit, to be honest. Well, how would you explain it to Kay, who has who hasn't had to be bastoed? Well, this is a, this is a government initiative. Basto is not. A, is it an initiative? Would you call it a government initiative? Maybe not uh, a government initiative. I'm, Maybe I'm not a, sure. It's, it's hard, definitely been pushed that way. It's a it, basically it's a centre that offers professional development for teachers. They usually privately run. Privately run. I think it is private. Yeah, I stand to be corrected. I, on I that. could be corrected on that too. But, but you, you, you're is. right, Mr. Basto. I want to meet you. I'd love to meet Mr. Basto. I tell you, he'd be a very rich man because he's really got everyone sucked in about it. Like, <laughs> I, it it's basically a professional development um, centre, um, usually having a big focus on leadership and things like that. Some. Oh. <laughs> Fred was right. Um, Fred, mate. <laughs> You know, we need to wear our names on here. Mate, like I've been this. working with you. I've been working with Fred. you for Fred well Ray. over a decade. It's, I can't help it, mate. And my one for the future is, uh, look, it might be here now. It might be here right here now is the onus of proof on disputes within <laughs> education system. Now, it's now, you know, our legal system is basically founded on the premise that you're innocent until proven guilty and the, the onus of proof is on the person proving your guilt. Well... To me, there's things that happen now within within teaching, and it gets back to students making claims on you that hmm. the onus of proof is to prove you're innocent on the person who's had the accusation made against them. And hmm. my my uh, my tip for the future initiative of uh, the ministry is uh, CTV cameras in every room recording everything that goes on. So, well, yeah, so I would actually, no dispute uh, I would actually like that. Yeah. Like as mm. as strange as that sounds, I would actually like a camera in my room. Yeah, would... Everyone be watching you watching KO, mate. It's, uh, <laughs> watching the cricket at recess. Or yeah, there's a lot of educational <laughs> things about the cricket, mate. <laughs> that guy, that guy used to get. Who was telling me the guy used to get to school at like seven in the morning? The print could never work out why. Oh, uh, was that <laughs> that's you? That's not really. No, no that's, was that you? No, that wasn't was me. It? That wasn't me. Anyway, the story goes: a print couldn't work out why. This teacher always beat him to school and was first there in the morning and then he finally got to school <laughs> at six in the morning and found, found the teacher in his jocks eating his breakfast watching watching the 
watching the morning news, etc. Yeah, 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 and uh, yeah. I think it was just his way to escape his wife. And get yeah, it was. Yeah, he used to leave really early in the morning. <laughs> just to get, just to to get away from his wife. Just to get, to, to get dressed at school and have his brickie at school and just think back and watch the TV. But anyway. Yeah. Um, okay, you, you, you didn't have anything on this topic, did you? You were, you were pretty dry on this. Um. Oh. Yes. Pretty dry. Pretty, pretty dry. Pretty. Look, we we want to get uh, James Molino in here, the head of uh, ministry. So we are starting a campaign that day to get James Molino into Teacher Leaks and give him his side of the story and really have an in-depth discussion with James. What do we What do we reckon, team? Mr. So, let's get him in. Let's 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 get, let's get James I think you've in. Got Buckley's camp. a nun. <laughs> Sweet, <laughs> eh? Get James. Well, under the under the veil of uh, anonymity, it's going to be very difficult. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we can have a Skype, uh, a Skype funeral or something. Oh, I don't know. Look, all right. Now we've we've virtually got to the end of our time here, guys. So we we we're just going to finish off with uh, some department policy segment. True or false? So we're going to list a department policy, and we're going to leave it to UK whether to pick whether the policy is true or false. Okay, you happy with that? Well, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I call the member for Kuyong. Thank you, Mister. Uh, Deputy Speaker, I rise to speak on the Australian Education Bill 2013, and I start with the statement that we all want better school outcomes. I'm going to ask you, uh, Ralph and uh, Kay, that is your name, <laughs> Ralph and Kay, a, a question, a, a policy question, and we're going to see how you go. So here's the question. Schools must ensure that no more than half the time allocated to any recess is used for detention. So in, a, in effect, you can only put students on detention for only half the period of recess. True or false? Kay? I'll say that the policy is true, but I think it's a load of crap. What did <laughs> Don't you, agree with what, it. What, what was your line from earlier? Pardon? What was your line from earlier? My line from earlier. The little fuckers should stay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you Didn't should you say able, that off there? You should oh, be able to keep go. the little fuckers in for the whole of this <laughs> <laughs> if they deserve it. Oh, geez. I reckon we need a, a distance about it. Yeah. Um, so Kay has gone with a true. Mm. Uh, Ralph, are well, you, I, I, you I true? I actually think I know the answer to this well, what's your particular answer? question. So I think it's true. I'm Pretty sure you're only allowed to keep them in for half the time. But do you agree with it, Ralph? Oh, no fucking way. <laughs> <laughs> fucking no way, mate. No. Well, it might be how you define detention. Is Would it come down to a definition of, in, of detention? Mm, well, what would detention be? Like in the olden times, when I was a kid... Um, it's been kept in. I think it was just... Uh, what do I have to do? do I think I just sat inside in the corner. I think Bart, Bart Simpson on the chalkboard. Uh, uh, I, I don't think not, I don't I think I, ever, I didn't have to do lines or anything like that. But I think I was, it was almost like just solitary sort of confinement, just sort of sit there by yourself and um, reflect, <laughs> reflect, and uh, 
work out how to avoid the trouble the next time. So, <laughs> so Well, there you go, uh, listeners. This will be a regular segment. Uh, we will bring you a true-false competition on department policy, and you can see how you go, obviously. Uh, we'll, we'll try and get policy from various states to mix it up a bit. We mm. probably should state that was Victorian mm-hmm. department policy. Mm-hmm. So anyway... That's, uh, that's a wrap for us in our first uh, crack at uh, Teacher Leaks. Uh, it might be we go with Teacher Leaks uh, episode uh, 1B. 1B, I think. I think 1B might be the way to go at this v, point in time. V2, but... Um, 1.1. Anyway, 1.1. 1.1. 1.1. 1.1. 1.1. Teacher Leaks. <laughs> Ultranet, 1.26. Um, but thanks, Kay, for rocking up today. Um, just got off the plane and looking a bit weary. But as always, you scrub up pretty well oh. with a heavy night's drinking and uh, <laughs> smoking a few too many ciggies. So thanks, thanks, Kay, for rocking up. Absolute pleasure. Thanks. Good to have a laugh with you boys. Okay. And uh, Ralph, uh, good to see you again uh, as always, mate. Thank you. I'll look forward to the, uh, the next uh, episode of this Amazing podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's us signing out. See you next week. Check Sure.